travellers and welcome to You Should Have Been There. This week it's podcast 85 with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. Trust me, I'm an ambitious car rental agent, a dodgy taxi driver or perhaps a straightforward con artist. Today we're marking your cards on the scams and swindles that make travel more expensive, more stressful and less enjoyable. And I think um, hoping to uh, give a few hints or tips from our own bitter experience about keeping out of trouble. Um, Now, I detect that, as usual, you are not where you should be in uh, South London, South East London. So um, where, where might we find you this morning? Well, maybe that's a philosophical question about where we actually should all be. But at the moment, I'm in um, the Southgate area of Bath. It's a, uh, a, a bright, sunny day. And we have, as you will know, um, spent the last 20 minutes battling with various technological uh, challenges, which hopefully have now um, all, all worked. And um, yes, so the, the city is gradually coming to life, I'm delighted to say. Well, I'm very pleased to hear that. And I imagine that um, of all the places to get scammed or stung or generally cheated out of your money or um, relieved of your belongings, Bath is probably pretty low down on the list. Well, it is a lovely, friendly English city. But of course, like anywhere that depends on tourism, where there are tourists, there are villains and there are scams. The thing is, of course, that... um, Uh, The UK is receiving so few visitors at the moment that, in fact, um, I imagine that all the villains have stayed away, which is just as well, because I'm sitting outside with quite a lot of expensive uh, equipment (laughs) talking to you. And um, let's let's hope that uh, by the end of the uh, recording, I'm I'm still sitting here without uh, with all, all my possessions. And with your Rolex still on your wrist and your gold gold medallion still um, shining dangling. in the in, dangling and shining in the sun in the sunlight, um, but let's imagine that we were actually setting out on a on a foreign holiday or a foreign trip. It is now true, isn't it? In the uh, in it's almost the post internet age that the scams and stings can start um, a long time before you get to the uh, distant city shoreline or mountain range. Yes, they can. And I guess the most lucrative from the uh, from the villain's point of view is the villa fraud. It's been around for oh, villa a fraud. F- few oh, years yeah. now. And what, what, what basically happens is that um, uh, I set up a crooked site called Simon's uh, Sensational Villas. Um, I can actually, this certainly used to be the case, pay to um, be promoted on various search engines and so when you are searching for that sensational villa you'll come up on my uh, you'll you'll find me you'll click through and you'll discover that um, actually these beautiful villas in in France in Spain in Portugal in Italy in Greece um, are not only remarkably good value but they're also remarkably available um, during those peak weeks when everyone wants to travel so you sign up for it um, Little knowing that actually I've just ripped off all the pictures from somebody else's genuine site. Um, you then contact me and I say, OK, well, I can do you this deal or this deal. But I tell you what, if you send me um, uh, £5,000 by uh, bank transfer now, then you've, you've got the whole thing and I won't ask you for any more. And you will say, OK, well, that sounds like a good idea. And then you'll send it to me and then you might even turn up to claim your villa only to find that it's full 
and um, the peace people have never heard of you because you've been taken in and that's very very sadly happens a huge amount um that there are certainly tens possibly hundreds of millions of pounds nicked from people before they Good even heaven. get there yes I, I i'm kind of amazed by that um i'm really fairly careful about this sort of thing and i would have thought that even a minor amount of uh, online research would um, uncover that for the scam that it is simon's villas you rogue <laughs> uh, yes uh you would you would hope so but there's there's other things which are kind of slightly legitimate or, or rather questionable but um they happen anyway and last time i was in the u.s just before uh the covid crisis i suddenly found i was having to pay resort fees and this is when you think you paid in advance for everything and they turn up and they say well you you, you got a 25 dollar per night resort fee so well hang on what's that and it they say oh well that would give you um wi-fi and it will give you use of the swimming pool and you say well hang on i, I assumed that i get wi-fi and i assumed i'd be able to use the swimming pool does that include use of the lift well it's it's an absolutely mandatory charge and all it is is ridiculously because there's so many uh hotel comparison sites it artificially reduces the cost and therefore you pop up um higher up the searches uh and and um it's it's maddening as is and if i may take us to the arrival airport as does the relationship between me the new bleary-eyed passenger just arrived after a long flight and the uh, the taxi driver talk us through this mick uh well the, the first thing is um i would say um always try and um book your taxi ride particularly if it's from a an airport that's quite a long way <clears throat> out of the city centre or wherever you're actually um, going to, because um, uh, you might uh, find yourself with a very very large bill indeed, um, because um, ah, the, many taxi drivers, of course, are very honest and very organised, but um, not all of them. Uh, I mean, I remember. Uh, in the old days, when I travelled around in Central America, the uh, standard ploy uh, was to um, get you into the cab. Oh, there's some fun and games going on um, down your end of the uh, you, yes. <laughs> of the recording. Um, uh, yeah, was to the, the the standard trick was to have a some kind of cloth of the sort that was used for, I suppose, cleaning the windscreen, which would um, fall down over the taxi meter at about the same time as you got into it so that you couldn't actually see the thing and see whether it was working or not. And then when you did work out, then uh, the taxi driver would say, oh, good heavens above, it's not working, or oh, I forgot to turn it on. Um, but uh, let's just say that'll be $15 to cover that bit, and then we'll start again. And that sort of trick. So, um, I learned to say um, in um, various sorts of Spanish that, uh, excuse me, uh, excuse me, boss, but could you take that uh, cloth off your taximetro? Yeah, uh, worth saying also that uh, if you are a new arrival, quite often the um, the taxi driver in a friendly manner will say, oh, is it your first time in town? <laughs> and if you say, yes, it is, uh, then he or very possibly she uh, will take you a long way in. I mean, yes, typically 
airports are a long way from the cities they serve, but that's certainly not the case in, for example, Las Vegas, in San Diego, in Mexico City. Um, and so, therefore, if you say, oh, no, I'm here every week, they will know that they've got to take you straight to where you need to go rather than taking a very circuitous route. <laughs> Can I also mention that, um, although I don't think this really counts as a scam, but it was generally funny, um, in the 1980s in Mexico City, where all the taxi cabs were little green and white VW Beetles, um, very polluting indeed and adding to the general smog of the place, um, if you got into a cab and said where it was you wanted to go, it was quite common for the taxi driver then to say, where is it and how do I get there? <laughs> which, yes. which always made me laugh because Mexico City is one of the largest and most complicated conurbations in the world to navigate your way around, even if you know your way. And of course, quite a lot of these taxi drivers, uh, in inverted commas, were not really taxi drivers at all, but they were the um, brother or the cousin or some sort of distant relative of the person who actually had the had the taxi license. And, and there's so many more as well. Of course, you might say, oh, my good man, take me to the Hotel Magnifico. And at which point the driver adopts a, a feigned look of shock and, and, and pain almost. Says, but, but uh, senor, you must know that uh, your hotel has burnt down. Um, I cannot possibly take you there. Um, but look, I do know a very good hotel that I can take you to. So you've, you've got this booking. You assume that your hotel has been burnt down um, and instead you are... Hello. Hello. Right, nice to see you. Well, that's very nice. Thank you very much. Just talking to my friend Mick. Hello, say hello. Hello, Mick. He's very, very um, informative. Oh, thank you very much. Jolly good. Um, Good heavens, I'm very (laughs) pleased to hear someone thinks that. That's very good. Yes. Very good, very good. And the, the extras that I booked are, are doing quite well this morning. Um, <laughs> Is he buying anyway. you a tea? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yes. So, so the your hotel has closed is, again, another good reason for pre-booking it. And then when you come to pay, of course, particularly if you just landed, particularly if it's a currency you don't fully understand, particularly if it's, as is so often the case in Latin America, got lots and lots of zeros at the end. Well, you are just... You, you're, you're just um, anybody's game um you need to have a clear idea of what the exchange rate is and if you are handing someone a ten thousand peso note you say here you are um ten thousand pesos um so that when subsequently you get change from two thousand pesos you can say you can remonstrate Uh, is that is that your experience Uh, well i think it's a very good idea to certainly become very quickly familiar with at least the um large denomination notes you know the colors and the um, and the pictures in it you know is it which dictator or liberator is uh, is is on the uh, on the on the <laughs> on the 50 pound one as it were um because yes. quite often there's a smaller denomination one which is exactly the same color um, which yeah. uh, you might well find you get quite a lot of if you change a very large note and um, maybe you've oh. got the wrong ones if you see what i mean Oh, oh, certainly, and this is this is. Um, uh, the, I think the the most extreme version of that actually uh, that, that got me was in Egypt, where I think it was something like a factor of one thousand to one. Oh, wow! Um, and also, once you get to places where they've got different um, uh, alphabets, maybe even different uh, uh, numbers, then it all gets uh, quite quite challenging. And for a while, I seem to recall that the um, uh, parallel market 
currency touts in Prague were actually pretending that Yugoslav dinars, which were completely worthless after the um, uh, civil war there, were actually um, local currency. And um, uh, who knows how many people were scammed by that. Uh, but yes, generally, if you're, if you're a taxi driver, if you give him a 50,000 peso note and he drops it, then guess what? By the time he picks it up again, it's become a 5,000 peso <laughs> note. Yeah, there are quite a lot of unacknowledged members of the magic circle around, aren't there? Yes, and from the uh, traveller's point of view, of course, it's a bit of a tragic circle, but, but there we are. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, and, Can I just and, add yeah. um, my own um, not particularly brilliant um, method of combating all of this, which is to move heaven and earth to get hold of small denomination um, notes and money if you're going to be using cash and to keep it in a different pocket or different hidden something but not too hidden so you can actually pull that money out um, whenever you need it I should say at the drop of a hat as we're um, talking magic here but um, <laughs> because the last thing you want to be doing is um, is uh, rummaging around in some kind of money belt for uh, uh, huge bills in the semi-darkness, which always seems to be <laughs> how it is when you arrive somewhere, because all it does is, of course, um, lay you open to this kind of scam. Yes, and and if you if you, by the way, uh, on that subject, if, if if a local warns you about mobile phone thefts or pickpocketing, guess what happens? You automatically pat your pocket to wherever your phone, ah, wherever yes. your wallet is, and and that means that his mate round the corner. Uh, knows exactly where your valuables are. Oh, that's, and mm. I, I also uh, recall from decades ago, Mick, you um, uh, warning me as we were, I think, on the border between Andorra and Spain or maybe France, that you should never, ever take your eyes off your possessions for a microsecond when you are at a frontier. And I guess the same goes for railway stations, airports and so on. Yeah, or, or bus stations even more so, I would say, um, given that they are usually uh, more... Uh, disorganized or sort of generally more chaotic large um, city uh, center bus stations or long distance bus stations I actually have um, one uh, piece of advice which is uh, if, if if you are traveling with two large pieces of luggage a very bad idea or if you are traveling with a dear friend uh, who also has a large piece of luggage as uh, well as your one um, which is a good thing to do um, take a cheap light bike lock of the sort you can get from a bike shop near you for about um, five quid or so and and lock the two things together because oh. running off with two wheelie cases I reckon is damn difficult um whereas running off with one is not too difficult at all so supposing you've survived the overnight journey you've got the taxi to your hotel which has not miraculously burnt down and you're just going about your everyday business well be very wary about letting your credit card out of your sight and beware of shop staff who appear to be on their mobiles talking to somebody while they're handling your card because what they could be doing is taking pictures of the detail uh, both the front and indeed the, uh, the the cvv on the back and that allows them to um, order pretty much anything that they want to um and i had a great three-week trip across uh, 
uh, southern Africa, ended up in Windhoek, the capital of uh, Namibia, um, went out for the first sort of proper meal uh, the night before I flew back to Heathrow. And the first thing which awaited me at Heathrow was, have you just tried to spend, I think, uh, 9,999 Namibian dollars on something? And clearly uh, they cloned my card um, and um, uh, had gone to the sort of maximum that they thought would not trigger any alarm. And so, of course, I had to get the card all Yeah, Something out. similar happened to me. Uh, I think it was at Toulouse um, Airport. Uh, when I had to leave the details of my credit card as a guarantee for the car that I'd hired. And uh, and then a few weeks later, I discovered quite unbeknownst to myself that I'd I'd, um, booked a very expensive ski trip um, in the... In the Alps, <laughs> and bought quite a lot of very expensive skiing equipment to go with it. And although I couldn't actually guarantee that this is where it happened, I'm sure it was that somehow somebody in the uh, car hire um, office had got the CVV number um, and uh, and therefore uh, made hay with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but some people would say, Mick, that um, car rental. Uh... Uh, agents have plenty of tricks up their voluminous sleeves without resorting to um, getting credit card details. Tell, tell me what's uh, happened Well, to I think that the car hire local charges scam is the one that possibly is the most, <laughs> the most widespread, um, you could say legitimate scam, which is you book a car, you pay X amount in the, your country of origin. And then when you get there, there are certain local fees which suddenly appear um, which can be Mm. quite bizarre ones like um, uh, taking the car on a ferry which at first sight doesn't (laughs) seem much of a deal but actually in Croatia if you're going from island to island is rather important and my word that can be incredibly expensive insurance um, extra insurance for this that and the other Um, and you really need to um, have your wits about you um, <laughs> to uh, try and deal yeah. with this stuff. And, and they know that you've been on a long flight, particularly if you're arriving in Florida or California in, from the UK. And uh, so the, the last but one time I went to the US, I touched down at San Diego, which is the longest transatlantic flight you can have. Um, I pre-booked the car. I paid for everything. He said, oh, it's a, I think, Thanksgiving weekend holiday upgrade special. Would you like to take advantage of it? And I said, well, no, thanks very much. I'm I'm very happy with the uh, uh, budget car I have booked. And he looked slightly crestfallen. And um, you you know what it's like. He just says, sign there, 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 there. So you do all this. And, of course, I got back. And they said, well, yeah, obviously, it's $100 for the uh, upgrade of your car. And because I hadn't filmed or recorded the actual transaction, and they could say, "Look, your initials are next to the yes, I'd love the Thanksgiving upgrade." Um, that was that was that. Uh, and and then on my last trip, I, I went through and I don't mind giving them a name check. Trail finders um, and booked the flight and the car at the same time, and it was remarkable. It's as though there's a big sign backstage at the car rental saying, "Don't mess with Trail Finders clients." because there was no attempt to do anything other than give me a perfectly decent car at a perfectly decent price. And, um, and oh, well, that that's was a that. handy piece of advice. Uh, can I add another one, which is um, if in Mexico, yeah. in the Yucatan, where most people tend to go when they have a, 
uh, a Mexican holiday. Um, do be careful um, when filling your car up with fuel. Um, th- th- this was a good scam, which right. someone had told me about, and therefore I was able to nip it in the bud. Um, basically, uh, <laughs> Mexican petrol stations in the Yucatan are splendidly chaotic places, often huge with massive lorries, you know, those kind of uh, trucks which, which which travel for days on end. Um, and it's it's there's their dusty there's there's kind of smell of, of uh, diesel everywhere they're kind of quite exciting but mm. uh, they are also mm. i think could be said something of a wild west people come to try and clean your headlights your windscreen your shoes your glasses <laughs> pretty well everything <laughs> meanwhile um the chap it's usually a chap who is filling your um tank for you uh, because they're quite a lot of them are not self-service, has taken the uh, the fuel nozzle out of a pump, which oddly enough is not facing you, but is facing away from you. So it's almost in the wrong island, if you see what I mean. But uh, so um, you have to run round and check that A, the counter is running, but more to the point, uh, that the counter has been zeroed from the uh, <laughs> from the from the transaction before, because the trick is you end up with a massive bill, which includes the, um, <laughs> the the fuel for the huge lorry that was there before you, plus your one, and there's not much you can do about it. You can, of course, threaten um, uh, the uh, petrol pump attendant with the police, but. I'm not quite sure where that's likely to get you, given um, the uh, problems that one can uh, face with uh, policemen, real and uh, and fake, in uh, in some parts of Mexico. Yes, well, and in other countries as well. And in Prague, particularly, there's warnings about police, uh, fake police, who who um, show you a some sort of ID card and say, uh, right, we've had counterfeit uh, currency here can we check your wallet and they check your wallet and um, guess what due to sleight of hand you come back with um, uh, a, a few thousand fewer krona than you um, you, you previously uh, thought you were going to have um, but I had almost the reverse of this which was in Havana in central Havana I was um, uh, wandering around a really derelict area have, uh, taking a few pictures because it looked really quite um atmospheric and these three guys came along um and they looked like uh, villains dare i say it and one of them actually lifted up his t-shirt to reveal a gun tucked into his jeans and uh they said come with us and i was absolutely sure i was being abducted um and um i ended up in a police station where they appeared to think i was a spy and it didn't take very long to convince them that um, I would be about the worst spy imaginable, so they let me out. But what were you? Quite, what was it that you shocking. were? Uh, well, it, it was a sort of derelict building, and it was as though you know, maybe this derelict building had some secrets, or it was an official building of some sort. And I was thought to be a Western agent um, uh, seeking to learn uh, great state secrets from it. Um, I, I thought their response was a little bit heavy-handed, but um, I didn't stay and discuss it with them. I just scarpered. I think it is quite easy to fall into the um, mindset, shall we call it, of distrusting everybody 
uh, every friendly local, um, every monk who comes up to you and um, and puts a, a ma- some sort of amulet on your wrist and uh, and to assume that this person is actually just trying to <laughs> rip you off, um, which they almost certainly are. But it it is a it's it, it's it's a bit of a worrying way to be if you have to uh, uh, video or photograph every single thing that happens to you just because it might all go badly wrong uh, afterwards. I, I couldn't agree more. And if you if you take somewhere like Albania, where it is so hospitable, it's almost aggressively hospitable. I have literally been bundled into the back of a van in the northern city of Skodra, um, knowing very little other than uh, somebody said this might be going to the capital, Tirana, um, and utterly bewildered, unsure what's happening, um, short of local currency. But then two hours later, um, here you are, um, uh, 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 mate, um, we're in Tirana, um, and you say, "Okay, well, how much will that be?" And you're scrabbling around for the odd euros you've got, and they say, "Oh no, uh, you're, you're you're a visitor, so obviously we're not going to charge you." Um, and it is very difficult to know where the dividing line is. Fortunately, there are some traditional travel scams, like the old um, three card trick, the the and also the cup and ball trick, where you you have to guess. Uh, which which is under where where it is so evidently a scam and not just because they are going definitely to uh, take your money off you if you even think about taking part but also because while you're standing around um, their pals are quietly ah, pickpocketing yeah, the crowd. Yeah that's a sort of a d- additional that's a sort of scam plus isn't it that one a, a double scam. Yes. Um, some, something happened to um, uh, um, my, a nephew of mine in uh, Buenos Aires which I have heard of which was um, he put down his rucksack to look at the map which is always a very bad well that's two mistakes already Uh, (laughs) i'm afraid and um uh then uh, a friendly passing local said oh look um there's something nasty on your bag um let me clean it off and immediately sprayed something on uh what it on on um adam's bag although he didn't actually have time to see whether there was something nasty on it except there was by the time the person had sprayed something on it to clean it off and at that point um a whole load of uh, other uh locals appeared and um and and tried to help with the uh, with the cleaning operation which had become much yeah. more complicated and um and obviously, at the same time, uh, managed to remove quite a lot of important things from his rucksack and his pockets. Um, it's, it's just awful yeah. that this, this goes on. But that's, that's straying from, from scams into just naked, naked um, crime. Well, let's add the um, can you take our picture, which is somewhere between a scam and a crime, I suppose. Yes, and, and this is uh, an interesting one where there's a group of apparent tourists. They ask you to take your photo. Um, of course, you help out. You, you want to. Um, but then the camera doesn't work. Um, and you're sort of looking at it. You hand it back to them. They drop it. And they say, oh, you've broken it. And you've now got to pay us £100 or whatever for repairs. And what are you going to do? They're all crowding around you. Um, same if you're, you're faced with autograph hunting. You're in a tourist city. Um, someone says, sign this position. And then, then you sign it. Um, and either it's a distraction and somebody's going to be pickpocketing while you do it. Or they'll say, right, well, you've got to give us a, a donation. And suddenly all their friends will come up and demand that you pay a, uh, a, a donation as well. And I think the simple thing to do is if there's a crowd, if there's a kerfuffle, then you simply uh, 
uh, say very loudly, go away, and you walk away. Um, and I uh, clearly, uh, if I can just bring you the most benign scam before we end, um, the Istanbul shoe shine scam. Do you know this? <laughs> no. Okay, well, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, so um, uh, I'm walking through the back streets of uh, Istanbul, beautiful city, uh, and there's a shoe shine guy just ahead of me carrying his wares, his, his little chair, his his brushes, and so on. And he drops a brush, um, and I see this, so I obviously pick it up and raise up to him, saying, "Oh, senor, you well, not senor, uh, you've my good friend, you've dropped." drop your brush and he feigns great surprise and he says okay oh well let me give you a um a shoe shine and actually at the time i was wearing sandals so that wasn't going to work but i then discovered that this is a very frequent occurrence and the idea is that they say oh you've helped us out we'll give you a shoe shine and then it turns out it's not actually free and um, they're expecting you know 10 20 uh, pounds for that service so uh <laughs> yes even when you're trying to be a really nice friendly open helpful <laughs> tourists um there are there are scams they're gonna ca- uh, track you down and and catch you well it's been fun talking about this and uh, and has actually um convinced me that i'm much better off uh, staying in my room in streatham <laughs> than uh, uh going out into the wicked wider world uh well it'd be lovely to hear um uh, from uh, Anybody about uh, um, scams and stings that they've experienced, particularly any new ones, which uh, we haven't managed to touch on. And I'm sure there are many and they are being dreamt up um, as we speak. So um, do get in touch with us at uh, You Should Have BT on Twitter. Or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there and leave us an audio message, which we just love. We certainly do. Uh, But until next week, from me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. Goodbye. Goodbye.